So this morning we talked about authority and how the religious rulers and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they questioned Jesus' authority. And I believe a lot of it came from the uh, cursing of the fig tree. Now, that's not the only place, and it may not be exact, but it's interesting in Matthew and Mark's account of them asking him, by what authority you do this, it's right after the fig tree episode. And you all know the fig tree episode, right? Jesus was walking by. He saw leaves on it. And, uh, you know, the King James said the times of fig was not yet, but, but the truth is this, that uh, where there's leaves, there's supposed to be figs. And he's the creator, and he ought to know whether there ought to be figs or not. He's just not arbitrarily cursing things. So he walks up expecting. So, that's, he, so what was he doing? He was expecting to find figs. He was ready for some figs. And when he found none, it was like the tree was mocking him. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever felt like some things in life have mocked you? Like it was supposed to be there. It's supposed to work. And then you got to it and it didn't work. Like, you know, uh, um, just, just any, anything, you know, um, um, if you started a business and it didn't go like it was supposed to, uh, when I started this church, it surely did not go like it was supposed to. People were staying away by the, people were staying away by the tens. I mean, it wasn't just by the hundreds and thousands, they were just staying away. And I really began to question and people began to question me. Are you out of season? Did you hear God right? People that I loved and respected tried to get me to give up. Tried to get me in reasoning. Remember, remember they asked Jesus, you know, that's part of the deal we talked about this morning. And I'm telling you, reasoning, uh, you're no match for the devil in reasoning. You can't out-reason him. And you need to stay out of reasoning. Well, Pastor Mark, we have a mind. Yeah, you need to renew it. You need to renew it. So your thoughts will be God's thoughts. But anytime God tells you to do something and it doesn't seem reasonable, like I said, I think I said this more second service, but it's not reasonable for a fisherman to grab a pole and a hook with no bait on it and go and catch the first fish, pull it out, and take a coin out of its mouth and go pay taxes. That's not reasonable. It's not reasonable to put water in, in pots and then bear, put a cup in there and bear it out as wine to the governor of the feast. That's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. Uh, even Peter told Jesus, you know, because um, uh, Jesus said, let down your nets for a drought. And, and, G, and Peter said, that's not reasonable. We have fished all night. I'm the fisherman. You're the preacher. It's not fishable. But at least he said, nevertheless. What, what was going on was he was reasoning, then he caught himself. All right? So this is the deal. So remember the Pharisees and Sadducees, they reasoned because he said, let me ask you a question, John the Baptist, of God or man? And they reasoned. The devil will always try to get you in reason. Religion is all about reasoning, trying to figure it out in the natural. But, but God is the spirit, and the things of God are done in the realm of the spirit. And so what seems unreasonable to your mind is reasonable to your spirit. And you ought to go with your spirit. Because that's where the victories are. That's where the answers are. 
So we talked about it. And so what Jesus did with this um, fig tree is uh, he came to it expecting to get a fruit, expecting to get a fig, and there was none, and he answered it. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, answer it. I, I said it this way. I say it this way. Don't ever give the devil the last word. Don't ever give circumstances the last word. You need to be the last one talking. In other words, like moms and dads, I don't know if you've had children that like to talk back. But um, they never got the last, well, there's only one. She never got the last word at our house. We got the last word. Because we're the boss. That's a little parenting advice. Don't you ever let them, uh, chase them if you got to. You don't get the last word. You've got to have God in the same way spiritually. You've got to make sure God has the last word. He's the great amen, you know. He's the great amen. What is that? So be it. He's at the end. Amen. He's the great amen. Let him have the last word. And so when a circumstance or situation comes up, you've got to answer it. Everybody say answer it. Now, this is the deal. A lot of times he didn't say, he didn't think it. See, when the de- where do those thoughts and circumstances, where does that come from? Well, the devil has access to your mind, to your soul. So, so what you've got to do, though, because a lot of people think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counterthink that. But that's not what the word says. You've got to answer it. In other words, you've got to open your mouth and you've got to say something. Right? You've got to answer it. Eve was doing really good at the very beginning. Now, even though Adam let the devil through... And Adam should have not, he should have been tending his garden. And the serpent, the devil got through. He began to talk to Eve. And what did he say? He began to reason with her. He began to reason with her. Did God say? Now, if she'd have been more like Jesus, she would have said, um, she'd ask him a question. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? I come to talk. I'm not talking to you. Adam, you let one in. But she didn't. He began to talk to her, and she entertained what he said. This is the deal. This is what the devil does to you. He does it to me. Is He brings thoughts, and if you begin to entertain them, before long, you'll be like an hour into something. You're like, how in the world? Feeling all depressed and tempted, whatever it is. So when the enemy comes, you got to talk to it. So I'm going to take you. Um, got any mighty men in the room? Yeah. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. So we got some mighty ladies too. Oh, that was better. Hallelujah. Okay. No more competition. Hallelujah. So, you all know the count, David and Goliath. Everybody knows that. You grew up with that in Sunday school. You grew up with that in children's church. And so, verse 1 of 1 Samuel 17. Now, the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together in Shelah, uh, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between those places. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched in the valley of Elah and set the battle up array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and the Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. 
And there was a great champion, verse 4, out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was basically, if you figure it out, nine feet, nine inches tall. Dude was big. And he had a helmet of brass, and he goes through all that. Uh, and verse 8 says, and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel. So here's this nine foot nine champion warrior who Philistines have put all their trust in because he's big, he's bad, and he's probably ugly. And he stood standing up there, and he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said to them, why are you come out to, to, to set your battle array? Uh, am I not a Philistine and, and, you, and you servants of Saul? Choose you a man. And let him come down to me. So this enemy is setting the standard or setting the fight. So he's the one, he's dictating what's going to happen. And I'll show you why. And he's, if he's able to fight with me, he was so confident. If he's able to fight with me and to kill me, then we're going to be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you, uh, you'll be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So, I mean, he's up talking loud, talking proud. He knows he's better than everybody else. He's never probably lost a battle. He's bigger than everybody. He's stronger than everybody. He's meaner than everybody. He's uglier than everybody. This is Goliath. And verse, 10 says, verse 11 says, And when Saul, the king, and all of Israel, how many? All of Israel, heard those words. Heard the what? The words. Nothing happened yet. Nothing happened yet. Just words. People say all the time, well, words don't mean anything. Words are powerful. Words uh, froze an entire uh, army of men who were trained to kill. One man and his words froze the entire army. The king and the entire army. They were dismayed and they were greatly afraid. And let me tell you what they didn't do. They didn't answer him. And anytime you or I, and I'm learning this and the Lord's reminding me of this, anytime I don't immediately answer the thoughts of the devil or the circumstances I see, I begin to meditate on them. I begin to think on them, and then what comes? Many times fear comes. Remember Peter was walking on the water? He was really walking on the water. He was really doing it. And then he saw the wind boisterous. The waves hit him in the face, and he realized, I can't do this. And then he grew what? Afraid. And as he was afraid, he began to sink. So the devil is always bringing words to take you into some kind of fear. That's why God said to you and me, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That's why we call God Abba. And when you know he's Abba to you, you don't have to be afraid because daddy's got you. But here, they're afraid. Can you see this? One man, I know he's big. I know he's bad. I know he's mean. I know he can do it. But, but it freezes the king and everybody listening. And therefore, the whole nation is in fear. One man does that with words. Nothing, no actions yet. And why does he get to dictate? It's just one against one. Who made him the boss? They let him be the boss. Because he, they, he intimidated them. That's not the way war usually works. Except in the movies. Gladiators. Anyway, um, so now David. Y'all remember David? 
Now, Jesse's three sons were already, they were up there in the battle. And so David was doing what? He was tending sheep. And so uh, David was the youngest. And so verse 15, and David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistines drew near. Now, I'm going to, so we remember David. I don't have time to go all, all into this. But David at this point has already been anointed king. Do you remember that? Jesse, they can't, remember, he was out, don't you got any more sons? It's not this one, it's not this one, it's not this one, it's not this one. You know, these are the guys that are out fighting the oldest ones who are already mad because they're not good enough to be king. Because God didn't choose them. Uh, you know, David's out in the field, and they had to sit and wait for the little boy to come in. And little boy comes in who's just guarding the sheep and watching over the sheep, and they're like, he's the one. So now, listen to me, David is already anointed to be king. He just hasn't taken his position yet. But that anointing is on him. Are you anointed? Do you have the anointing of God in you? Well, I don't know. No, you, you, you're anointed. Greater is he that is in you. The spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. You baptize in the Holy Ghost, power of God's on you. You don't just speak in tongues. You got the power of God on you. You're anointed. So David's got some anointing here. And he you know, hasn't done anything with it yet that I know of. Um, so here he comes. And uh, so David was the youngest. And David went to return. Verse 16. And the Philistines drew near morning and evening. And, pre and he presented himself 40 days. That's interesting, 40 days. And there are a lot of 40 days in the Bible. It's interesting. It's not a coincidence. How long did Jesus go into the wilderness? Interesting. So here's this Philistine, and every morning and night, he just mocks him. You know, and that's what the devil's good at. No proof. Doesn't have to do anything. He just talks. He just threatens. He just bombards your mind. There's circumstances. It's not really anything until you make it something. But he's good at trying to make it something. And Jesse said to David, his son, now you take your brethren and ephah of this parched corn. You, in other words, take, take, take my boys some vittles and go up there. And I love this in verse 18. He said, carry these ten cheeses to the captain. In other words, here, this is the good stuff. Take it to their boss so that they'll like them. And look how they, uh, their brethren fare and take their pledge. I don't have time to teach on it, but I did this in the men's ministry. That word pledge there is a token. In other words, he said, bring me back something that I know they're okay. They're at war. Bring me back something that I know their daddy knows they're okay. So we got all this going on. So David went and did all that. Um, and then so David was just chatting with everybody, delivering his cheese and bread. And uh, uh, his charcuterie tray, hallelujah. And verse 23, and as he talked with them, behold, there came up the Philistine, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, verse 23, and out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard him. Hmm. So he's saying the same thing day and night. Now, this is David's first time of hearing it. Now, listen to me. The anointing on him, I believe, has a reaction. The king that's currently seated does nothing but be afraid. He's hiding. These army, including the three bros who don't really care for David, what are they? they're doing nothing. They're just letting the enemy talk. They're not answering him. 
And the Philistines of Goliath by name and came the armies. And David heard them. And the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled. So they were because they were sore afraid. So they were just standing there and then they all left. They're all getting their charcuterie tray on, and then here it comes, and they all leave. And um, and then the men of Israel said, "Have you seen this man has come up, and surely to defy army, the Israel to come up? And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in all of Israel." So this is the threefold reward of killing Goliath. What's the reward? Well, um, the king. Uh, the king will enrich him, so you're going to get some money. You get to marry into the family. People said, well, what if she's ugly? It don't matter. You get to be in the royalty. Hallelujah. <laughs> Number three, um, and you get no more taxes, no more IRS. Woo! That's good. And, and David spoke to the men. Somebody said, what, what happens? What? Y'all just standing here and that's available? The conqueror in him began to work. That's available? And then I like this. For who is this uncircumcised? Now, you all know what that means. What? This non-covenant, heathen, who's not in covenant with God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, that defies the armies of the living God. He didn't say just defies the armies of Israel. He said the armies of the living God. David had his priorities right. This David who uh, played the harp, this David who wrote psalms, that didn't just start when he became king. I believe he's writing songs out there while he's watching the sheep. This, he's got a relationship with God. Now he's anointed to be king, and he walks up, and he sees this giant defying God. Not Israel, God. He sees this giant, this enemy, who is uncircumcised, meaning he doesn't have a covenant with God. He has no rights, and he knows for sure that God will give him into his hands because David knows, I got a covenant. Okay, and then you know what happened. His brother's like, shut up, little dude. And 29, David said, what have I done? <laughs> like, I'm always doing something. What? But isn't there a cause? Uh, and he turned, so he just ignored him and turned to the same manner of the people and answered again after the same manner. And, and when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he went to him. And then David said in verse 32, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. In other words, he heard him defy God one time. And he said, I'm not putting up with this. He began to take action. Little dude began to take some action. Little shepherd boy, who they don't anoint, know is anointed to be king. And Saul pretends like he don't know him, but I know, I believe he does. Um, and then David rehearsed. He's like, this is what I've done, the lion and the bear thing. And, you know, and God used me. And verse 36, the servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Where did that confidence come from? Confidence comes from knowing your God. Those who know their God are strong and shall do exploits. Now, listen, uh, if we don't know God, we will have fear. We will begin to reason things. We will try to make it happen for ourselves. But when you know God and you know his word, you won't. All right, I'm getting, I'm getting, I know I'm taking a little bit, but I'm getting there. Um, 
So uh, verse 37, David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord will be with you. And then they tried to do the armor thing, and that didn't work. Because you can't, you can't fight your battles in God with somebody else's revelation. you got to have your own. you got to be able to say it is written, but it's written because it's written on your heart. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? That kind of thing. And then when the Philistine looked about, verse 42, so David's ready to go. You know, he's got his stones and he's got his shepherd bag. He's got his little thing. And, and, uh, and the Philistine looked about and saw David and he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog? In other words, the devil is always a big talker. Especially when he's had you. Because, see, he went from freezing everybody, the king not moving, that while they were eating their cheese and bread, they all ran away just by him talking. He don't got to do anything. He's just got to talk. And that's what the devil's good at is just talking. He's a deceiver, but he has learned to talk a good game. And don't misunderstand me. He's deceived a lot of people and still doing it, and he's quite good at it. But when you know the word, you can't be deceived and you won't be deceived. You won't buy into what he's selling. Right? And so here, you know, am I a dog that you come to me with with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. So he cussed him out. And the Philistine said to David, uh, come to me and I'm going to give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. So then the Philistine begins to talk. Now listen to what David did, because this is my whole point tonight. Then, then I got some others, but then said David to the Philistine. So Goliath represents the devil. The devil has been taunting. They've been living in fear. He's got them kind of wrapped up. They're not doing anything. Suddenly David arises. He hears one time the, 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 the giant talk about uh, the armies of Israel. And, and, and David immediately is like, how dare you, you uncircumcised Philistine, defy the armies of the living God. Right? And so now David's, he, he, uh, he's not in any armor. He's just David. He, he's just David. He's got his slingshot. He's got his five smooth stones. And, but this is what he did. Then David said, everybody say David said. So when the enemy talks, you got to talk back. When the enemy talks, you got to talk back. Jesus answered the fig tree. And when a thought comes, listen to me, you can't outthink a devil thought. you got to answer it. And you got to answer it out loud. And I'll be real honest with you. It's kind of some things I've been going through. Um, I've been trying to outthink him, even with the word. But because even if you've done this, I've done this for a long time, you can forget something as simple as you got to open your mouth and you got to say it. You got to say, and it's got to be, I'm going to look at it in a minute, but it's got to be specific. It's got to be the word that applies to what the devil's trying to say to you. It's not even just binding the spirit or commanding the devil to leave. You've got to answer him. Like this. He comes to you with a symptom, and, you, and, and it's a bad one, you think, and the thought comes with it. Because you know thoughts come with symptoms. What is the thought? You're going to die. Your mama died with that. You remember your aunt? She died with that. 
Your third cousin removed, he died from that. It's just part of your family. You're gonna, so you got a symptom. And so you're going to have to do what? You either think on it and receive it or you answer it. What do you answer that with? With Jesus loves me? Yes, he loves you, but that's not the right answer right now. The right answer is, oh, no, you don't. You can take that symptom because by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Jesus became a curse for me that the blessing of Abraham will come upon me and by his stripes I am healed. I'm telling you, I am the healed of the Lord. So you can pack that up and you can go. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, what if the symptom doesn't go? Well, you just said it and you have to believe what you said and you just keep saying what the word of God says. And when those, well, what if that thought comes a hundred times? Then answer it 101. Proverbs says, you know, it's really not how many times you fall down, it's how many times you get up. you got to be the last one talking. Answer it. Answer it. So he answered him, little David. Then said David to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Not just the Lord. I got some angels back behind me. You may not be able to see them, but they're back there. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And they said, now looky here. This is what's going to happen. This day will the Lord deliver you. Not, not I'm going to fight the battle. The Lord will deliver you in my hand. And I'm going to smite you. In other words, I'm going to cut you. He said, well, how can he say that? Well, keep, keep hold of it. He said it. I'm going to smite you. I'm, I'm going to take your head off. Just so in case I don't get to it. That's the token he took home. He kept the head. That's gross, but he kept the head. He, could, he carried the head. You find it. He carried the head with him. That's his token. Hey, Daddy, look. You don't got to pay taxes no more. <laughs> I'm moving on up. <laughs> Just like George told Wheezy. <laughs> to the east side. Hallelujah. He's moving to the palace. We're rich. Here's your token. I'm going to take your head off. Because he just said, I'm going to feed you. Uh, remember Goliath said that to him? He said, I'm going to give your carcass to the host of, of the host of Philistines this day and to the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all may know. Because, see, he wasn't doing it. The Philistine was all about him. That's what the devil is, all about him. But he point, David was pointing everything to God. But David was doing something. He was answering him. He was answering him. He didn't try to outthink him. He didn't try to outpose him. He answered him. He answered him. Jesus answered the fig tree. David answered Goliath, and he told him what was going to happen. Well, that's just boastful. Well, if you know what's going to happen, you can say what God said about it. It's never boastful to say what the Word says because that's done. That's a done deal. You can strongly say, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. You can strongly say, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You can strongly say, I, I have been delivered because he has delivered me. He does deliver me. He'll always deliver me. The earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Let's go to the next one. And all this assembly, I think he was talking about the children of Israel too. 
And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves, not with the sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. All right. It's on. And so it came to pass when the Philistine arose, he came and drew. Because he's thinking, I got this child. And David hastened and ran towards him. And David put his hand, so David's running towards him. And as he's running towards him, he puts his hand in his bag and gets a smooth stone and put it in the sling, and he smote the Philistine on his forehead. I believe an angel grabbed a hold of that thing and just pierced it right in between right there. And it smote the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon the earth. And David prevailed. And David prevailed. And put your name in there, and you prevail. And you prevail. And you prevail. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. I always win. And when I'm done, I'm going to keep on winning again. Amen. So he's dead. I like this. It says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, the very thing that was going to destroy him, he took it and turned it back on the enemy. The very thing the enemy said, I'm going to get you with this, uh, David took it and destroyed him. So the very thing the devil harasses you about as you get delivered, as you get free from it, listen to me, God wants to use that then to make a platform for you to minister to other people because uh, if he did it for you, he'll do it for them. And you've got faith because you walked through it already. Amen. 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 <laughs> So David ran and stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath, and slew him, and cut his head off. And then when Philistines saw their champion was dead, they all ran. Now the whole army of Israel's in. Don't get mad at those that come late, just to church or anything. Don't get mad at those that come late. It's like Shama. Y'all my hero, Shama? When the Philistines came, these same Philistines came to try to take his lentils, his black-eyed peas. They are black-eyed peas. Uh, they're lentils. He stood in the midst of them and he said, not this year. Not this time. He stood in the middle of his pea patch and said, not this year. Because every year they came at harvest. The devil comes hardest a couple times. When you first sow, when you first believe, and right when you're ready for a harvest. But Jesus got to get wise and understand that the devil's defeated. And if you just keep on answering him, he has to retreat. He has to flee. So Shammah stood there and he defeated these, this army, I think either between 400 and 800 men. And he slew them all. Then afterwards you see that everybody came back and ate the peas. Same thing here. Yay, we win. And I'm sure they all took the credit. But it doesn't matter. And so they won. And uh, verse 54, David took the head of the Philistine and brought it into Jerusalem. See, I told you. And he put the armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David go forth, he said to Abner, who's that boy? And, you know, he, I believe he knew who he was. 
And verse 47, And David returned to the slaughter of the Philistines. Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said unto him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse of the Bethlehemite. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think it was the secret of who he was. And then it's right after that, then Saul's mad all the time and tried to kill David. Um, but what's my point? He answered him. We just went through it because I love, I love the account, but you can get a lot out of it. Everybody say, answer it. Answer it. David answered. The rest of them wouldn't answer. And because they wouldn't answer, the thoughts hung around. The fear hung around. Come on, I, I understand this one maybe more than some of you. If you've ever been tormented in your mind, you understand those thoughts run, run around. If you've ever been critically ill and someone tells you you're going to die, that thought tries to run around in your mind. If you've ever, uh, you know, uh, everything's in a shambles and there's no way out, the devil will make sure that thing runs around like a hamster on a treadmill in your mind. And you're the one and the only one. Well, God, stop it. God, stop it. Stop it. Help me. Help me. Help me. That's fine. The Lord wants to help you, but that's not the right prayer. He's told you and I what to do. He said, answer it. And he's given an example. Luke chapter 4. You know this. But let's look at this. Luke chapter 4. The temptation of Christ. I'm not gonna, we're not going to study this. We're just going to look at it. Luke chapter 4. Then we're going to do some things tonight. Y'all ready to answer some things? You know, how many know this is simple? We're going in a direction. You're going to answer some stuff tonight. Amen. And you're going to answer it, and the anointing is going to be here because the Lord's told me some things, and some things are fixing to change. Amen. But you got to answer it. I can't answer it for you. Amen. Jesus can't answer it for you. You have to answer it. Amen. Only you can answer it. You know, I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I was saying. I think I said it at both services. I'm not opposed to... Uh, groups that help. I'm not opposed to people getting together who's had problems. But this is the deal. What sometimes those things turn into is all they want to talk about is the mountain. And going to therapy, I'm not opposed to I counsel people. But even if you get to the root of something, you're going to eventually have to do Mark 11, 24. There's no way around it. Unless you speak to it. Well, Lord, you speak to it. He didn't say, I'll speak to it. He said, you speak to it. He said, whatever you say. Whosoever shall say, uh, that's you. You're a whosoever. Shall say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says. He will have what he says. Jesus gave that example with the fig tree. He answered it. He answered it. So he's in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights. And the devil comes. The devil tempted him. And remember, he was led into the wilderness. I believe there's some things in life you are ordained to overcome. Not that God sent them. God doesn't send sickness, disease, problems, poverty, lack, confusion. He does, God doesn't send anything evil. He's not tempted with evil. Doesn't, doesn't tempt any man. But here he led Jesus into the wilderness. And on his, on his way, just like David, there, Goliath was on his path. Goliath was on his path, and God used the defeat of Goliath to raise the, who he had already anointed king. And I believe he did it because of the kingly anointing on his life to, to win. And so don't make that, don't, don't cause you to go, oh, because oh, you're already fighting things, right? And, and yet you can overcome them all. 
Just don't get out of the will of God and, fight, and end up fighting things you were never ordained to fight. I hope you understand that. So you got to answer it. Jesus said answer it. So the devil came and he tempted him. And he said, if you're the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus did what? Luke 4, verse number 4. And Jesus did what? He answered him. He didn't think something. And notice he didn't answer it, God is my father. He didn't answer it, I am the I am. He answered it specifically to the temptation that was floating around now in his mind. And he answered it specifically. And so that's one of the things you and I have got to do. And something I'm learning is, listen, um, when those thoughts come, when those temptation comes to sin, when uh, a symptom comes, when uh, something comes to rob, steal, you know, or kill from you, whatever, you've got to directly and, and, and precisely answer it. Don't be general about this. Well, I don't know. You've got a phone and a Google, and you, you, you get it in there, and it'll give you a scripture and, and twenty, um, refer, you know, and twenty other references. There's no excuse for us today. Give specific. You say, well, should you know it right away? Yeah, you should know it. It should be in your heart. But you know, uh, you can put the devil on hold just a minute and look. Hold up. I'll be right back with my answer. You can't come in. Hold up. And you answer him. And what did he answer him? He answered and said, it is written. You got to know what is written. You got to know what God said. Because if you don't, any lie will do. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil took him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this power I will give you, all the glory of them that is delivered unto me. And that's what happened. Adam delivered it, delivered it to him. And whomsoever I will give it, if you will worship me. That was big. That's just that's devil talk. That's Goliath talk. Same, same. Same, same. I'm big, I'm powerful, I'm bad. Now you get down here and worship me. And Jesus didn't get mad, and he didn't, say, um, any, he didn't say just anything. He said this, and Jesus answered. Everybody say, he answered. Yes. Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. For it is written. You got to know what is written. It, it's in your phone in Google search. <laughs> I'm, I'm just serious. Just pull it up. It is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he brought him up to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the son of God, now he's questioning who he is. Just like the devil tries to question who you are. Man, there's so, mess, so much mess in culture today out there in the world. The devil's got so many people so confused about so many things. What's he doing? He's coming to their mind and telling them something. And telling them something. And then he sends someone across their path to reinforce the lie that's been telling them. It's demonic. It's sad, but it's not something new. It's something he's always done. It's something he's always done. Um, if you're the son of God, cast yourself down because it's written. Oh, now the devil's going to throw some scripture. He's really good at partial scripture and what the King James says, resting scripture. 
So you've got to know what the scripture really means, not pulled out of setting, because this is what he did. He pulled one out of setting. And he said um, uh, he'll give his angels charge over the air. And really what he's saying, uh, he's just, uh, and because and it is true that angels will guard him. And he knew that, and in their hands they'll bear you up unless any time you dash a stone. And Jesus answered and said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. So he had an answer for, you're trying to get me to tempt God. Kind of reminds me when I was a little boy and searching. I was in a, I, was in a, 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 I don't want to get into it too much. I was um, staying somewhere, and I was really having a hard time. And I told God, and the, it was all dark, and I said, If you're really real, turn on that light over there. No light. But he's still really real. <laughs> and the devil did what? He departed for a season. Why? The devil does what the devil does. Well, how many times is he going to come? It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Because you've always got an answer. You've always got an answer. And just don't get weary in giving your answer. Just don't get weary in giving your answer. Don't get weary in giving your answer. Okay, where shall we go? Um, I had all these notes. Um, I was reading this. How many know the devil's a defeated foe? And you got to know it. You got to know it. Um, I was reading um, a book by Nancy Dufresne. Y'all know who Nancy Dufresne is? Um, she's on TV a lot now, and Pastor Ron and I used to go with her husband, Dr. Dufresne. Uh, he was a prophet. We've been in their ministry, you know, been in their meetings. And so uh, Pastor Ronda felt led to get one book. I felt led to get his other. And so uh, she was in Tulsa. I was just reading. I really was, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to read this book. And I got to this part. Because um, she, in this book, uh, she's uh, talking about what's well, actually called Answer It, which is a coincidence. And I knew what I was going to be doing, so I think that's why I got it. Um, uh, just to see what she had to say about it. And um, there was a couple things in there that she really helped me with, and so I've kind of woven them in a little bit with you. Uh, but she's talking about you got to know the devil's defeated, and you can't be afraid of him. David was not afraid of Goliath. Why? Because he knew God had him. Jesus did not obviously bow down to the devil. He answered with the word of God. He answered things. And so she's telling this account. Um, oh, my goodness. Of Smith Wigglesworth. Y'all know who Smith Wigglesworth is, right? He, he's an early preacher, early 1900s. A really strong faith man, raised all these people from the dead. And obviously, in his time, he was one of the leading, if not the leading voice, uh, you know, uh, ministry voice, where getting people healed and miracles and the dead being raised. And um, this, I'm just going to fit this in here uh, just because I like it so much. So imagine me, I'm just sitting, I think I'm in between football games and uh, just doing some things. And uh, uh, um, I, I start reading this. And she said it this way, one of my favorite stories demonstrating um, not being afraid of the devil, answering him, answering him. She said, one of my favorite stories demonstrating this is the time of Smith Wigglesworth, an English preacher of the early 1900s. One night he was awakened when he sensed an evil presence in his room. He awakened to find Satan sitting on his bed in manifested form. So the devil himself is in his room and manifested and he can see him. 
brothers Wigglesworth saw him and answered, Oh, it's just you. And he rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> and so what ensued in my house, if you'd have been there, you'd have thought, what is wrong with you? I laughed in the Holy Ghost for like 10 or 15 minutes. I laughed so hard. that, And it, was, it obviously wasn't to put on. There was nobody home. I, me and the Lord just laughed so hard. It's just you. It's just you. Oh, <laughs> it's just you. Then he rolled over and went back to sleep. Don't you know that honked off the devil? He showed up in all his, all his uh, meanness, all his vileness, his evil presence in the room. He's sitting on Smith Wigglesworth's bed, wakes Smith up, and he looks at him and goes, oh, it's just you. And puts his head back on his pillow, pulls up his blankie, and goes right back to sleep. And the devil left. You know what most people would do today? Throw some oil at him. He didn't ignore him. He didn't ignore him. Some people look at that and say he ignored him. No, he answered him. Oh, it's just you. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> That's what David did with Goliath. It's just you. All nine foot, nine inches of you. Just you. I got God with me. You're just a man. I don't care how big you are. The devil's a defeated foe. Oh, it's just you. It's just you. When a circumstance comes up and you know that it's not from God, it's just the devil. Try that sometime. Oh, that's just the devil. The word of God says, answer it. And it has to flee. It has to. Let's do this. Let me see if I can find it. All my many notes. I had three sermons when I came in. I don't think any of them won necessarily. Probably if I look back, it was probably a little bit of all of them. Matthew 17. That's what I'm looking for. Are y'all getting ready to answer something? Well, we're going to have an answering party. We really are. Matthew 17. Um, this is where the father brought the little boy at, that had a demon. And remember, he, that demon threw him in the fire and the water, and the disciples couldn't help him. And then Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Verse uh, Matthew 17, verse 19, then they came disciples, Jesus apart, and said, why couldn't we cast him out? And verse 20, and Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For verily I send to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. So he said you couldn't get rid of the devil because of your unbelief. So the devil doesn't have to leave if we're not believing, but you and I know how to believe. 
And if we believe something, what's my point? We'll answer it. If you had, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'd say something. You'd say something. Because, see, a lot of people that, you know, back on this a little bit, people, you know, about speaking the word, they're like, you know, um, they, they make fun of, they make light of. But it's nothing to be made fun of. It's nothing to be made light of because you can't get born again without saying something. And, and this, the word of God will not work for someone who won't speak the word. And they think they're leaving everything up to God, and yet nothing's working right. So that's not going good. And if we just get into the word and see that when the devil comes and when circumstances come, you and I have to answer it. And he said, it's because of your unbelief. But if you just had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you say to this mountain, remove it, hence in yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. I mean, Jesus not only spoke to trees, he spoke to dead bodies. You remember that time that he was walking by and a mama was there with a young boy that had died, and he stopped, what, he stopped the casket, and he spoke, he said, young man, I, he spoke to the young man. He didn't even speak to death. He spoke to the young man. He spoke to the young man who's dead. He didn't speak to death. He spoke to the young man. He said, young man, I say to thee, arise. Hey, mama, what's up? Even in this, Lazarus, come forth. What did he do? He didn't speak to death. He didn't say death, let go of your grip. He said, Lazarus, you come out of there. And notice he said, Lazarus, or everybody would have come up on out of there. That would have been fun. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. He said something. He answered death. He didn't talk to death. He answered it with what he wanted. Both times he answered what he wanted. He's in the middle of a storm. And his disciples are afraid they're all going to die. Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Get up. Don't you care? And that's how a lot of people feel. They feel like God has forgotten them. They feel like God has, has left them alone. But that is not the case at all. And Jesus stood up and he said what? He talked to the, the storm. And he said, peace, be still. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'd answer it. You'd answer it. You'd answer it. He answered the storm. He answered dead bodies. He answered trees that weren't given their fruit. David answered Goliath. And you and I have got to answer it. And so I don't know what's going on in your life, but the Lord told me to help you answer it. Now look at what happened here. Look at here. Here's Luke chapter 4. Jesus answered the devil in all three temptations. And then what happened? He came out full of the power of God. The anointing was resting upon him. So when you and I do that, we're using our faith muscle, but the anointing, I believe, is there. I believe the anointing was on David. The kingly anointing came on him, and that's how he destroyed Goliath. With his words, yes, but he was anointed. I'm telling you, I feel like the Holy Ghost told me that tonight a lot of people were going to get free. But you're the one that's going to have to answer it. 